1: Coworker of yours.
0: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
2: Welcome to Special Edition, I'm Paula Dagnan. In this week's program, we will meet the SPCA from Luzerne County and the folks from Miller's Ale House in Wilkes-Barre Township. They're holding a fundraiser. We'll also tell you where you're in for some wonderfully scary, ghoulish fun at Horror Hall in Nanticoke. It's still underway, waiting for Halloween. We'll also, speaking of some scary fun, tell you about a local author whose book, My, my skull possession is now available. But we'll start off with Ronald Felton. Ron is the president of the NAACP Wilkes-Barre branch. He's here to tell us all about the annual Freedom Fund banquet coming to Wilkes-Barre Genetti's on Friday, October 25th. Ron Felton, you have quite a history. When it comes to being involved in the community, how long have you been doing all this outreach?
3: Well, let's uh, so see, we re- relocated, my wife and I and my son relocated here in 1989. And I became involved, uh, I became president of the NAACP Wilkesbury Branch in, uh, in 1997. Wow. Yeah, So I was president for 18 consecutive years. Uh, then I had a disability, which I retired at the end of 2014. And I stayed on in different capacity as assistant secretary
2: and then as first vice president of the previous administration. And you are a veritable goldmine of information, <laughs> of history, of just so much, not only for the organization, but for the area Mm -hmm. as a whole. First, let's talk about why you're here today. You have a dinner coming up, and what an event. Yes, it's an annual Freedom Fund
3: banquet. This is our major fundraiser uh, that we have uh, usually every year as a way of raising our funds for the organization so that we can go to the various state conferences and possibly sometimes, but not all the time, we try to attend a national convention because it's a budgetary issue, you know, and budgetary concerns and so forth. But we definitely try to support the state conference with this annual convention and so forth, things of that nature. Yeah.
2: When we're talking about this now, obviously this isn't the first one right. that you've had. Right? How have things changed?
3: Oh, they've changed uh, remarkably since the time we relocated here. Uh, we could see the progressiveness in the city of Wilkesbury, and we've always looked upon the city of Wilkesbury to be uh, to take the lead, to take the lead, to be that. Uh, I've always looked at northeastern Pennsylvania as that beacon light, that beacon light of hope, because I traveled from Syracuse, New York, when I was stationed in the Air Force. I traveled down 81, and I would see this place called Scranton. I'd get off in Scranton, get back on towards uh, the Poconos, and then i see Wilkesbury. And needless to say, I never realized that my family and I would be relocating to Wilkes-Barre, <laughs> Sometimes
2: you never know where absolutely, you're going to
3: end up. <laughs> absolutely. So, but yeah, it's been remarkable. And uh, with this year's uh, banquet, we have a keynote speaker. Uh, he replaced me as the uh, political action chair for the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, his name is Brandon Flood. And uh, Brandon has an amazing story, an inspiring story, that I think uh, all young people should have an opportunity to hear. And uh, that's what we're hoping for uh, with this year's banquet.
2: When uh, we're talking about the banquet again, when and where is it going to be? The banquet
3: is going to be at Gus Giannetti's Best Western Hotel and Conference Center in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And it will be on October Friday, October the 25th. It starts at 630 with a networking reception. uh, And then the program starts around 7 p.m. And how do people get tickets? You can get tickets by either calling our number, which is area code 570-262-1360. And we can either uh, reserve tickets for you at the door. If, If it's early enough, you could send in. Uh, a request for tickets at Wilkesbury NA, or NACP Wilkesbury, post office box 2460, Wilkesbury, PA 18703. And you have a Facebook page, right? Uh, we do have a Facebook page that they can go to
2: also. And they can find all they the You can information download the form there. with all, yes. Now yes. you said that young people yes. would be interested. Yeah. It must be tough because young people are so. Here, there, scattered everywhere, and you have a legacy to pass on. Mm-hmm. Do you find that they're receptive to that? Well, that's, that's the challenge.
3: Uh, the reason that I was the president for so long, it was hard to get people to step up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a young man that I was grooming for that, and unfortunately, he passed away last year uh, in October October the third, he was he was uh, named David Barber, and he was a, a very nice young man. He was our second vice president for a while, and uh, I was grooming him for that. And uh, but we had the unfortunate of his passing. Uh, it is difficult. My wife, she's the uh, youth council advisor, and so she's working with youth to try to uh, continue to nurture. Uh, those leadership qualities in our young people, so that they would, in fact, uh, be able, I could be able to pass that torch on. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: And it's nice your wife's and in- mm-hmm. and Tanya Verkaitis. Mm-hmm. I love Tanya. Okay. We've had her here many times, uh-huh. and I when I saw her picture in the paper, right. and I said. You're going to be there. They couldn't have picked a better person.
3: <laughs> well, that's all, David Yankai. He's my first vice president, and David suggested uh, Tanya as our toast mistress and everything. So we're happy uh, to have her be part of this uh, great event.
2: And again, I I think it's wonderful that you have, you know, you're looking toward the young people. Mm-hmm. You're you're looking toward members of the community mm-hmm. who maybe haven't come out before because of the fact that you're getting so many other different people involved.
3: Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, uh, if you go back to the very founding of the NAACP, it was founded by whites and blacks. Matter of fact, uh, in one of Dr. King's uh, books, uh, Chaos or Community, he was saying that we needed white liberals to speak out. And then, but eventually... African-Americans would want to be their own spokespeople and so forth. So you had uh, people like Mary White Overton. Uh, she was one of the founders of the NAACP. Uh, Dr. Henry Moskowitz of New York, uh, W.E.B. E. Bois, Ida B. Wells, all of these people, uh, they reached out. Um, uh, uh, Mary White Overton reached out to a group that was called the Niagara Movement, which was primarily uh, black Black intellectuals. And she said, We could do so much more if we joined together. And that's how the NACP was formed.
2: And again, when we're in this culture that we're in now, mm-hmm. how much better would it be if we all looked at each other and said, yeah. Why can't we all just yeah. get along?
3: Yeah, yeah, we got to stop allowing the, the thing that's been, uh, where well, other countries are, I, I absolutely see, it. some of our uh, adversaries, they're seeing. Uh, there's this uh, racial divide and they're playing on that mm-hmm. and that's that that helps create we need to somehow bridge that division and people come together because basically we've had what we call these annual diversity people's picnic this is where people can come together in a recreational setting and where where you might come there, or you might be a stranger, but when you leave there, you might say, oh, i seen you at the diversity picnic. <laughs> so that's it, it's a recreational setting. It brings people together of all ethnicities and disabilities and so forth. So we are very proud of the things that we were able to accomplish through the diversity
2: picnic. And you continue to accomplish. Yes, which thank is, you. Which is, a, 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 I'm just standing here listening to you, and I wish there was a way that we could... Bottle you up so that so that we'd be able to you know, just share all this information. Mm. So again, the dinner is coming up, and everyone's invited.
3: Yeah, we have some uh, some great awardees this year. We have a Charlotte Latbeter. She will receive the highest award, the most prestigious award that the organization presents, and that's the Diversity Leadership Award. And Charlotte's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. We have Larry Singleton. He was uh, the treasurer in my administration, then he moved to first vice president, where he served as my first vice president for 17 years. And now he's returning as my treasurer. We have Tony Mathis, who served as the branch secretary for 19 consecutive years.
2: Wow. Longevity. Yes. That's absolutely. wonderful. Yes. That is. And counties you've got somebody coming from Lackawanna County. Yeah, Woo!
3: Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So give us the where and when and how we go about getting tickets again.
3: Again, the where is uh, Giannetti's, Gus Genetti's Best Western Hotel and Conference Center in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania on 77 East Market Street. Uh, tickets are uh, available. You can call this number, 570-262-1360, or you can... Uh, mail us if you have time which would be this week uh, you can mail us at NAACP Wilkes-Barre Post Office Box 2460 Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania 18703.
2: What an honor to have you here today. Thank you. Ronald Felton, president of the NAACP Wilkes-Barre Branch, about the annual Freedom Fund Banquet that's coming to Janetti's in Wilkes-Barre on Friday, October 25th. There's still time for you to get tickets, and you can find out more by visiting their Facebook page. Now don't go away. More special edition to come. special edition. We have so many talented people here in Northeastern Pennsylvania. One of them is Lisa Miller. She has written her second book, this one entitled My Skull Possession. It's actually Planned out so that young people, older teens, might consider giving it a read. And they might, after they see the trailer that Michael Bellardi put together for the book, we have more with both of them who stopped by to tell us that they have some opportunities for you to catch them at the book signings. We're going to start with Lisa Miller. You're an author. Yes. What? ever came across your mind to say, I'm going to sit down and write a book?
1: (laughs) Well, I worked in the TV industry for almost 20 years, and now I'm in radio, behind the scenes in both, and I was missing that creative element in my life. So for years, I've been a reader, and I grew up reading Edgar Allan Poe at nine, ten years old, been a mystery fan for, for that long. And in 2001, someone mentioned that there is a, a writers' conference, the Pen Writers' Writers Group, Pen um, Writers' Conference. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go. I went by myself, didn't Where know is anyone. That? Uh, Pen Writers is a Pennsylvania writers' organization, but the conference was held in Hershey.
2: Oh, so it wasn't something local?
1: No, it wasn't something local. Okay. So I said, I'm going to go and just talk to some other writers like-minded people, and give – I had some things that I had jotted down and some ideas for a story, and I'm just going to bounce it off of them and just see if, you know, it's something that I could pursue. So I went to the conference, met some great people, and from that point I just started writing. And I got great inspiration from a lot of writing coaches, um, some other great authors, and I just went from there.
2: Did you have authors that you – kind of gravitated toward before you actually started and decided well maybe I'd like to do that because the because the, the material that you've selected here and this is your first correct
1: this is my second Oh, your second Second book yes.
2: okay was the first one like the second one
1: the first one was categorized as a mystery so I knew when I did my second novel I wanted it to be a little bit a little bit darker um, blurring the lines of mystery horror and um, thriller genres. Oh. So uh, my first book was The Running Path, and that was 2010. So there was a long gap between writer's conference and first book and second book, but that's just the nature of the game. So
2: in between these two books, then, did you have a writer that you maybe followed that you kind of not took the style, but just was more of that style?
1: I wouldn't say a specific writer. Um, I've, I'm have i a big advocate of reading. I try to get my teenage sons to read as much as possible, but that's always a, a hurdle. Um, but I just read everything I can, different genres, gravitating towards mystery and horror. So I would say over the years, huge fans of some of the staples like Stephen King, Clive Barker, Dan Brown, Um, In recent years, I'm a huge fan of Ruth Ware, so more of the the mystery genre. So I think as long as you are reading, you're you're honing your craft of writing because you need to read in order to write. So I, again, throughout the years, just constantly reading and gravitating more towards those genres. So what is this book now? So this book, it's a young adult um, thriller. It's categorized as a thriller, but... It crosses over into different genres and blurs the lines of mystery, horror, thriller. So it will appeal to different fans of all of those genres. And it's a young adult, meaning it's appropriate for teens, but it's definitely going to appeal to an adult audience, fiction audience. So it covers a lot of ground.
2: (laughs) All right. Let's bring Michael in. And, Michael, you... Had the opportunity to work with Lisa mm-hmm. on part of her project, and that is a video mm-hmm. which I saw, and it's very cool. <laughs> Thank you. And when you when she approached you with this, uh, how did that how did that whole creative process work?
4: Well, I mean, Lisa and I worked together for years um, back in uh, back in the days at a local affiliate station. So you know, we had a little bit of a camaraderie over the past of working together for her clients. You know, and then finally, Lisa called me and said, you know, I'm the client. I want to do a trailer, a book trailer, which is something that is kind of in its infancy stages. I mean, book trailers are not very common these days, right? but you know, books are also moving into the digital world and all that stuff. So we sat down and we're like, all right, we're going to make a trailer for a book. We want to make sure that we want to captivate the audience. So we sat down. We went to um, one of the local establishments here, and we sat down. We talked about it. I got some the layout of the book. We started to see what we can do to kind of pave the way to get uh, readers interested in reading the book. So we sat down. We talked. You know, uh, Lisa had mentioned that it takes, a lot of it takes place inside of an oddity shop. And um, one of the local oddity shops, the strange and unusual, uh, Josh Ball is the owner, is one of my closest friends. So I'm sitting here going, that has to be our venue. So working with, and, and Josh and I work together on video as well, and we do so many things together. I'm like, so this So that is... wasn't
2: a big leap.
4: No, it wasn't a big leap. But you know, what it did is it, it you know, because we had the time that we had and what we were trying to do, And this is very much, you know, at first it was an independent project and then it it took on and it started growing even more. So working at the Strange and Unusual made everything a little bit easier for us to do. We had a beautiful floor plan. We had everything that we needed there. So we sat down, we started coming up with the the recipe for success. How do we make people feel what they're going to feel in the book and be intrigued and interested to go out and buy the book? So I called in a few of my friends that were, you know, up-and-coming actors, or people that were interested in doing that. So they're all local? Absolutely. Oh. Everything about this project was done local, and that's, that's what's cool about it. You know what I mean? We didn't have to go to New York City. We didn't have to bring in, you know, all these different things that, um, you know, weren't quite available immediately to us. We wanted to keep this local. We have a talented local author. We have a talented local business. Um, all right, so let's use talented people from NEPA. So we kind of bridged that all those gaps together, and um, we sat down one night, came up with an idea. We came back a few days later and shot it, and then um, I spent the next couple days editing, putting it together, and it came out to be what it is now.
2: Well, when I heard it, I thought it was Lisa that was actually doing the voiceover, Mm -hmm. because it just sounded like it would be something that Lisa would be very accustomed to doing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. No. So that's pretty cool. No,
4: that that was um, that was a local a local lady from the area. Her name is uh, Gabrielle Zeno. Very very talented woman. She uh, she comes in. She likes to, to hang out and do whatever she can. Uh, she's one of those people who has just a beautiful personality, has the ability to take on any sort of project. Always looking to grow. And she said, you know, Michael, I want to give this a shot. And I brought her in, and it was it was a good fit. It was a good fit for us. It was a good fit for what we were trying to do. And uh, it just came in like a blank canvas and she made it work which was awesome.
2: Well, I already told Lisa I get first dibs on the audiobook.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: Lisa, come back up here now and tell us a little bit more about this about the story of the book. You said that it is um for youth, older youth. And in Michael's uh, in Michael's trailer, there are they look like teens that are that are there. So, what's the premise of all of this?
1: The the premise of the book it it is a young adult um, thriller. So in order to be categorized as young adult, your protagonists, some of your main characters, also have to fall into the teen category, anywhere from twelve to eighteen. So our protagonist, her name is Brighton Corley, and she is sixteen years old. And the premise of the story is the town. There is a town that is just obsessed and overwhelmed with this book that surfaced, and what happens is that some of its readers die after reading the book. So our protagonist, Brighton, embarks on this journey with some great characters supporting her to find out what's the mystery surrounding this. Is it something that's haunted? Is it something possessed? Or is it something a little more sinister that's going on with the connection to the town? So the focus... The focus of my novel is the book. The book is one of the main characters. And Brighton is unraveling what's behind this. Why are these people dying? So there are a lot of paranormal, supernatural elements. And that's where the Curiosity Shop comes into play because she does a lot of research there, learning about different items that have a history of being haunted or possessed. So there are a lot of references to real, and I do air air quotes, real, events so the book is not a true story by any means but it's inspired by a lot of true events that you may have heard of things being haunted or items having locally not necessarily locally because we do have we do we do (laughs) we (laughs) We have have a local stories (laughs) but more in the vein of people that are fans of the conjuring universe and that are familiar with annabelle and haunted dolls haunted vases um there is a mirror that's located at the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana that has a haunted history. And there's a great reference to that without giving too much away from the book. But a lot of references. So fans of the paranormal, supernatural that follow things like that or look for things that are haunted or have a history like that will really appreciate the book.
2: Wow. Well, whatever got you involved in that? What I mean, of all the things that you could decide to write about, of all the veins that you can travel, of all, whatever made you decide to pick this, to include a book, to have it with teens, to be able to work in the curiosity shop, it fascinates me
1: where the ideas come from. Well, one of the greatest things, starting with the the last thing that you mentioned, including teens, I I want to raise more awareness for for teens and young adults just to be more of a reader just because there's so much focus on social media and um, digital mediums and again having two young teens I know what the struggles are so one of the best um, compliments that I got and that Michael got and he doesn't even know this but a few people said to me um, you know I watched the trailer and I don't even read, but I'm definitely gonna read this book. It, it drew me right in. So, I mean, we had, I had several people say that already. So, that was, that was my goal. So, that was why I wanted to bring the trailer part and just to merge the, the, the visual with the reading aspect of it.
2: Now, let me ask Michael then are you concerned at all? and I'm not gonna ask Lisa, I'm gonna ask you. Are you concerned at all that by seeing, because again, when we read a book, mm-hmm. we have our own imagination. Sure. Are you concerned that that might cause a little bit of a shift in the way that people read?
4: Well, you know, in, in the discussions between Lisa and I, that was a concern. Um, you know, like I said, these book trailers, th- this is a new style of marketing for uh, for an author, for a book. So, yeah, you know, putting too much, putting a face to a character or putting a line to a character um, has a way of kind of, I don't want it, to, it, it, you, you would be concerned that it could jeopardize that. Mm-hmm. In this case, we were tactful with how we did, our, how we did the shoot. You know what I mean? Um, the shoot was more alluring um, just by the lack of what we did put in there. We wanted people to feel like they, they, they met the cliffhanger. We want them to see that, okay, I need to know more. Like, you know, there's just four or five individuals here. Who is this? What is this? So we made sure that we kept that element of mystery inside the trailer. And that was a strategy. So I do think that we ca- we definitely captivated. We definitely, you know, succeeded in our goal there, um, especially with the minimum amount of lines that was even in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So... While that concern is valid, I think we have definitely evaded ruining or spoiling any sort of imagination because this book is full of it. It, You have every opportunity to sit there and be just sinking into this book. You really do. And your mind is going to have more than enough opportunity to use its imagination to create what, what you are visualizing as you read it.
2: Did you have someone local do the music?
4: Um. No, I did not. The music The music was uh, a, a music bed that I saw on my computer over years because um, I work on a number of different things. And I love the spooky world myself. Uh, I manage Reaper's Revenge on the side here. And then, you know, at the same time, you know, being involved in all the other different things that I do. So this was kind of like right up my alley, being able to be in the oddity shop, do something a little more dark and eerie. It's kind of my personality. So um, I love Halloween. And it's fall, so this, this just fell right at the perfect timing, a lot of cool elements to have fun with, and it was just right up my alley. I, w- I wanted everything to do with it.
1: I'll have all the events listed on my website. that's www.lisammiller.com, so all of the information will be listed there. I just talked to the folks at the Osterhout Library, and they are putting a presentation together called the Scary Story Share. Um, it's promoted um, for writers and every month they get together and discuss mystery writing. And I'm going to be featured in that venue too, October 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Osterhout Library. And Sunday, October 27th from 2 to 4 at Barnes and Noble at the Arena Hub Wilkes-Barre location. And
2: where where would the um, book be available?
1: The book will be available in local stores. Barnes and Noble will have it available So they could stop by there. What's the title again? My Skull Possession.
2: Once again, thanks to Lisa Miller, author of My Skull Possession, and Michael Bellardi, the cinematographer who brought the book almost to life by giving it its very own trailer. You can catch that by checking out Lisa's Facebook page. Now, don't go away. We're talking fundraisers for some of your four-legged friends, and we're also talking some Halloween chills when we visit Horror Hall don't go away more special edition to come Welcome back to Special Edition. When everyone works together, it's a good way to get the word out about many events that are coming up and bring more people together to help. That's what the folks at Miller's Alehouse in Wilkes-Barre Township have been doing since they arrived in our area. Sheila Fiegel is the marketing manager and she joins Todd Hevner. He's the executive director of the SPCA of Luzerne County. The SP- PCA will be holding a fundraiser at Miller's this week. And if you would like to find out more about that, well, we brought them together to give you all the details. Sheila, Miller's Ale House. Now, besides good food... And lots of good times there. You folks are very community oriented. What have you got
5: coming up? So we have a lot of exciting events coming up. October 22nd is the SPCA of Luzerne County.
2: So what makes your corporate decide that this is something that you as a company should do when you bring your company into an area?
5: We're very community-oriented, and we try and help the local colleges, the local high schools in the animal shelters. And we're, we want to give back to the community, and we want to show them what Miller's Ale House is all about. And we're very proud of this program. It's called Dine and Donate. Um, How it works basically is uh, 20% of the food sales from that day for whoever comes out for the event and shows one of our flyers, um, 20% of of the food sales from their check will go to the cause.
2: Good. Now you mentioned flyers. Where would someone, if they're hearing this for the first time, saying, Oh, I'd like to either A, get my group involved, or B, I'd like to go and support one of the groups?
5: On the L House career website, career website, we have it on there. We've been sharing it everywhere to try and promote it and get the word out. And just let us know if you're interested in doing a fundraiser, you're interested in doing a community event, um, just give us a call. You're actually getting, as you said in the beginning, the whole community involved. We appreciate all the first responders, so we do give a 25% discount. We've done a lot for them, so they wanted to give back and help us.
2: And you have Veterans Day coming up, so I'm sure you've got lots of things up your sleeve.
5: For Veterans Day, we're actually a planning an event with the military. We're going to have some military vehicles. Um, the military is going to take shifts, the Army, and they're going to be thanking the veterans for coming out. And, you know, thank you for their service. So we're really excited about that. That's great. So you have something, what, every month? Yes, we try and have something every month for the community. That's wonderful.
2: Now you have another one that's also in the month of October?
5: Yes, we have the October 22nd, we have the SPCA of Luzerne County. Um, That fundraiser is happening. It's going to be from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And this is very close to my heart and my general manager's heart, Megan, because we love animals.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, you came to the right place. And Todd? Let's find out about the SPCA of Luzerne County. Yes, I'm with Sheila. We love our animals.
6: Uh, It makes it warm to my heart to hear that.
2: It certainly does. So what's going to happen at the fundraiser that they are having for you at Miller's?
6: Uh, Well, Miller's is incredibly generous and kind to the organization. They will be giving 20% of the food sales that day. Um, it is Tuesday, October twenty second. As as Sheila had said, from eleven a.m. to ten p.m., we will have adoptable animals there. That information. Was my um, it it'll be a, a generally good time. Not to mention the wonderful food and beverages that Miller's Arrow House has for our community.
2: It's it is very difficult, and especially now we're coming into the winter mm. season, and when. People hear that, and you just had some very big fundraisers. You just had a walk and a couple other things. So people hear this and they say, Todd, you got all this money coming in. What are you doing with it (laughs) down there at the SPCA? Can you give us a little bit of an overview?
6: I I absolutely can. So the money that comes into this organization through our community and generous businesses in our community helps take care of the animals. It is um, we take in about thirty three hundred animals on an annual basis, and as you can imagine, it is it is exceptionally expensive to vet, feed, and keep these animals healthy in, in an environment that is um, clean and sanitary for for their needs, and hopefully moving towards their next forever homes.
2: Well, we're hoping because those forever homes out there are they're just waiting for these Absolutely. wonderful animals. What uh, kind of services do you have at the SPCA? Because I know that, that you've also had things where people have been able to come and they've been able to get rabies shots there, different things like that.
6: Absolutely. Throughout the year, we offer low-cost rabies and microchip clinics. We One of our pillars of our mission is we have Humane Society police officers that police Luzerne County um, for the Pennsylvania anti-cruelty laws. Uh, we would ask our community, if you see something that doesn't agree with your value system, give us a call. Let us take a look at it and... Um, explore if there is um, a crime or something of that nature being committed and we also offer respite care and an adoption program for those animals that are unfortunately unwanted abused and abandoned and find themselves in the care of the SPCA.
2: And you have some beautiful animals because I've checked your website <laughs> quite a bit. Where did they find it?
6: Uh, our website is Um I would absolutely encourage you to jump on our Facebook page, see our adoptable animals, and if you're so inclined, come down to the shelter uh, just in the shadow of the casino at 524 East Main Street in Plains and visit with us and visit with our animals. I'm sure you'll find one that will be your new best friend.
2: Well, I think, and before I let you go, I dare not let you go without saying Volunteers. Mm. You have a lot of them.
6: We do. We are exceptionally fortunate uh, to have an army of passionate, dedicated individuals that help us do what we do. We are 31 employees at the organization, but without the army of 300-plus volunteers, we just couldn't do and have the impact we have on our community. It it means the absolute world to us. Um, You know, we, we often talk about time, talent, and treasure, and time in the form of volunteering talent, if you have a special talent that you can lend the organization and obviously, your treasure helps us continue to care for the animals in the best way we can.
2: So, once again, when is your fundraiser at Miller's?
6: Tuesday, October twenty second.
5: Okay, Sheila. And if anybody would like to bring a toy, uh, litter, towels, um, food, we're going to have a box there. They can also do that also. And we will be putting up the flyers so everybody has access to it. And um, Hello Kitty's going to be there. We're going to have we're going to have some mascots there. Um, the rabbit, Mr. Poindexter. So we'll also have that for the kids. So I hope to see everyone. Well, I
2: have to ask this question now, and I don't know whether it's going to get you in trouble with corporate or not, (laughs) Sheila. But is there ever going to be a time when we're going to have a pet patio
5: at Miller's? Well, Paula, (laughs) we are actually working on a patio. (laughs) So we are actually working on that. that. We're very excited. I don't have a date yet, but we are working on it.
2: Well, you tell corporate that we've already voted and said (laughs) that we think it's a great idea.
5: (laughs) I think that's fabulous. And I'm going to let them know to make sure they listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, Sheila, how can somebody get
2: in touch with you if they would like to get involved?
5: um just call miller's Ale House. Um, uh, my name is sheila or you could talk to any manager there um our program is called dine and donate and we look forward to hearing from from everyone
2: And of course, if you would like more information on that fundraiser or partnering with Millers for one of your own for your organization, you can always contact them via Facebook or their webpage. And of course, you can also find the details on the Luzerne County SPCA website and Facebook page as well. Are you ready? Ready? To do a little bit of haunting and have some ghoulishly good fun for Halloween, there's still plenty of time for you and better get that group together to enjoy Horror Hall. Very welcome. Nice to have you here. Well,
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
2: How long have you been with uh, Plymouth Township?
0: I've been a fireman there 25 years.
2: Wow. So when we're talking about your big fundraiser, mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming...
0: That oh, it's the is... major fundraiser. It's the only major fundraiser we have like this.
2: And... When was it in already in going when you started? Oh yeah, or?
0: yeah. It started in 1984. This will be our this is our 35th year.
2: And tell us what it is.
0: Well, it's Horror Hall, and Woo! it's uh, <laughs> it's our uh, our biggest attraction for the year, and it's our major fundraiser. Like we just discussed, uh, it brings in 80 percent of what we do for the year for our fundraising. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful event. It's very family oriented, and we we enjoy doing it. It's a it's a big part of what we do.
2: Now I think a lot of when people hear Horror Hall, they might re- not realize it's Plymouth Township because they recognize Tilbury.
0: That is correct. Yes, because our former name was Tilbury Volunteer Fire Company of West Nanticoke, but that is a village inside of Plymouth Township. Oh, and when we had there were two fire companies at one time in the, in the town, and we merged together and we reformed as Plymouth Township Fire Rescue Tilbury Station. But it is still our fire company that we always had in town, and the fundraising has always been done the same way. When we're
2: talking about Horror Hall, and it does have a long legacy here in uh, northeast Pennsylvania, do you have any information as to how it all, who decided, what? you know, how it, it all was, came uh, about?
0: It really was a group in, in 1984 in our fire company. Our, our former fire chief, which is now our president, John Reinheimer, was a, a big lead in making that happen. They, they were looking where our station used to be. It was in a heavily flooded area. It was easily prone to flooding. And it was a very small building. And it didn't have a huge amount of fundraising capacity. They saw the school. They realized that there was a potential there for it. And what school was that? It was Harder High School. It was part of the old Greater Nanticoke Area School System. And they, they went and approached them about purchasing the building. And then from there, they looked into what could be done with the building. And the Haunted House actually was something that they literally just threw together. I mean, it, it, when it first opened, we had some very unique situations to get it open. And this is, i I've, again, I wasn't there yet. I was four years old at the time. But uh, from the, the people that were involved, John being one of them, we really did struggle to get it open. But they made it work, and it became a sensation. And it's here it is today, 35 years later, and we're still pursuing that event and and every year we put a a ton of work into it to make it the best that we can make it
2: oh i bet because you do have now a lot of competition
0: oh yeah competition has gone through the roof Mm -hmm. and and realistically i mean that's a good thing don't get me wrong we don't we don't look at that as a bad thing but it does add to the add to the effect of what has to happen we have to stay cutting edge and and keep uh keep on our toes so that it continues to be successful halloween really i mean nationwide has become almost as crazy as christmas it really is that kind of an event now and everybody gets into it so the reality was the success carried on so in a way we kind of were entrepreneurs and creating uh, a a successful thing in our area in the northeast pa area that drove all of this extra business and and that's that's a good thing i mean right across the boards that makes it for everybody of course, we wanna we want to be number one, and we've always been, and we were the first. And the realities are, we'll continue to fight to do that. Now,
2: That's of course, we're we're, we're not going to give away any of the secrets, any of the trade oh, secrets. No, no, but for anyone who has never been there, mm-hmm. and we don't want to scare anybody off from going. Oh, because I got you. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but what are some of the the things that people experience as they go through?
0: I think our haunt is, is in particular, is more family-oriented than some others. And the fact that we have a combination of the theatrics, okay, because we have our stage show, we do some things in our auditorium that was formerly the auditorium of the school, that are they're not normal to other haunted houses or other haunted attractions. A lot of them are based upon the hayride style or, uh, like, the actual moving haunted house, like down at Knoebels, things like that. Our haunted house gives you that combination of things. You get the family atmosphere, you get that uh, theatrical part of it, and then of course the haunt upstairs is not. It's not driven to be horrific. It's driven to be fun, scary, give you that suspense. But at the end of the day, you feel like you got the whole picture in one package.
2: I mean, what what kind of ages are you uh, talking It ranges
0: about? between, I would think, an acceptable range. We, we tell people when they call and ask, uh, like between eight years old and then older. Anything less than that. I mean, some young children may just freak out because there are a lot of dark places and you know the pops and the screams and mm-hmm. so but realistically that's that's what we tell people
2: some of us older ones would do the same oh, thing oh we've, we've got
0: lots of grown adults that end up on the floor that does happen regularly oh. they'll they'll be entire tours literally they get scared to the point where they're crawling and we have to tell them come on you gotta get up come on you gotta walk you know? I could just be
2: huddled in a corner. yes correct it's it. uh
0: it's an interesting experience it really really is it's uh it's fun but it i is like enjoyable. the
2: theatrics that's yes fun. and that
0: is something that we've always driven to be like, we, we play the horror classic movie Movies, literally uh we we try to do everything that makes it a fun and enjoyable atmosphere and you take away more than just walking through a and out so yeah. that's that's what we're there for tell
2: us a little <laughs> bit about the wear and the wind and the hours and all that
0: uh well it's every friday saturday and sunday from now until the end of october um we are open friday and saturday from six to midnight and sunday six to 10. Oh, and that's that's our normal schedule we don't run during the week because we're all we're all volunteer. We have jobs, lives, houses, families, wives. You know, that's it's tough. It's tough that to, we'd like to, but we can't. So we've always been through the weekends. It's $15 at general admission. We do have some other packages out there. They're for our Fast Passes and for the really busy nights. Uh, they're at a little different cost. They're $19. And uh, we really do try to, we have pictures available. <laughs> we try to make this as accessible to people as possible. It's an all-indoor event which is a big plus also during the the October rainy season, you know, we're, we've been lucky. <laughs> we've been lucky. Don't but say that
2: word. <laughs> really, I
0: mean, it's it It's nice because when they get there, they can literally get comfortable. You're not going to be standing outside in inclement oh, nice. weather if it's chilly or it's raining. That's that's another advantage that we have. The now, building I know, is large enough.
2: I know the fire company has a Facebook page. That is Does correct. Does Horror Hall have its own? Horror
0: Hall has the same exact Facebook page. Oh, we okay. operate everything through that, and it sends you to the links for all of the ticket information, things like that. So, so what's the facebook page facebook page is horror hall uh i'm sorry horror hall at plymouth township fire rescue okay and when they click on that they can go on there and there are links directly to our website there's links there to the uh ticket web so they can get all the information that they need
2: are you one of the horror Hallians? uh or are needless
0: you allowed to say, to say? <laughs> needless to say we all are the horror Hallians. uh when we're when we're really busy everybody it's like all hands on deck but we do, most of the officers of the fire company are involved in the managing of it because this is a very big undertaking every night. There's a lot of little elements that if we don't stay right on top of them, we can't give the people the show that they deserve. And And that's our goal. We want people to come, be satisfied, and leave there happy. And what about for Halloween then? Halloween, we're closed. Oh, okay. And the reason why we're closed for Halloween is because of being the fire station in town. We've always done a haunted Uh, something for the children in the town whether it was a a trunk or treat we always had a party so we try to focus that on to the kids because of the fact that we're all there with our own children
2: is that going to happen
0: yes yes we will be having a trunk or treat in the parking lot for halloween on halloween night
2: and where is the parking lot
0: the parking lot is at 11 through 19 east poplar street it's right directly in front of our building and anyone is welcome to come
2: Thanks again to Barry for joining us with all the details about Horror Hall. And, of course, there's still time for you to get your group together and enjoy a hauntingly good evening of gruesome fun, shall we say, or just fun at Horror Hall. And, of course, we'd also like to thank joining us today Sheila Fiegel and Todd Hevner, they're joining us about the upcoming SPCA fundraiser that's going to be held at Miller's Ale House. Lisa Miller and Michael Bellardi joining us about My Skull Possession and the wonderful cinematography that Michael put together for the trailer for that book. And Ronald Felton, President NAACP from the Wilkes-Barre Branch with their annual Freedom Fund Banquet coming Friday, October. 25th to Genetti's in Wilkesbury, And thank you for joining us.
5: How do you give hope to a child in the foster care system? It starts with your heart. That tug you feel on yours when you hear that children are waiting for a stable, loving voice to speak up for their best interests. And then it becomes your time. What started out as a feeling that maybe you could make a difference becomes the difference. Change a child's story. There is a child waiting for a volunteer like you. Learn how you can help at LackawannaCountyCasa.org.
0: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications.